Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Canvas Chevyville where I am bringing a word that is near and dear to my heart. I pray that it blesses you today. Get ready because I believe God is getting ready to do something incredible in your life with the message that you are about to hear. So I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes from a message that I've entitled Build the Fire. Oh, come on, somebody. Touch your neighbor, tell them build the fire. Come on, touch your other neighbor and tell them build the fire. Look at your neighbor behind you. You ain't said hi to yet and tell them build the fire. Come on, somebody. You know, I love how the Holy Spirit works. I really love how the Holy Spirit works because we have been heading somewhere over the last couple of nights starting with Wednesday night. When Pastor Sean come in and he brought a word about the spirit of expectancy. And the thing is, with the spirit of expectancy, see, you've got to receive something to then conceive something. Come on. And once you conceive something, you are now expectant of something. Come on, somebody. Now Pastor Dwayne came last night and brought some fire. Come on. Idols, uh, what was it? Altars and idols. Oh, come on. We had to tear down some idols so that we could build up some altars so that the fire of God could fall in this place. Y'all don't sleep on me now. Don't sleep on me now. But we had to knock some things down so that you can build some things back up. For all of you people that like to work out and got big muscles and you look like the other Dwayne Johnson, come on, come on. You've got to break it down before that you can be built back up. That's how working out works. Come on. you got to break the muscle down and it can be hurting and it can be painful sometimes. But you've got to break it all the way down so that you can build it back up. So last night, Pastor Dwayne talked about breaking down the idols in our lives, right? What is an idol? It's anything that tries to elevate itself above your relationship with God. Come on. it's it. See, idols come a little bit different these days. Come on, somebody. Oh, I don't know why, but I'm going here. See, we, we think we're more civilized. Come on. We think that we've got it a little bit more put together than them Old Testament folks, and we don't worship fish gods, and we don't worship Baal, and we don't worship this, and we would never worship a stone or a graven image, but We'll sit in front of Netflix for six hours and binge in a night. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. You'll, we'll sit around and binge watching Netflix for six hours. We'll go crazy and watch the whole series in one night. But we think that we don't have no idols. Come on. I like to play ball and I like to work out. But let me tell you something right now. If I ain't spent no time with Jesus before I go do it, I might have an idol that's trying to raise up in my life. Come on. We've got idols of relationships. We've got idols of all. TV. We've got idols of our careers. We've got idols built up with our money and how much we can stock up and how much we can save and how big of a house can we build. Come on, somebody. Y'all pray for me. I'm building a house right now. And oh, Lord. Anyways, that's off the topic. But we build up these things. But if we're going to catch the fire, come on, if we're going to burn we're something from another dimension. If we are going to burn for the kingdom of God and make a difference. Y'all know the funny thing about folks that are on fire. You can always tell they on fire. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing in here. Come on, folks that are on fire, they get to acting crazy. Come on. They might roll around in the floor. Come on. They might run a lap. Come on, somebody. Folks that are on fire, they seem a little bit different. Come on. They might seem a little bit strange to you. But can I tell you, if there's ever been a generation in our lives that need the fire of the Holy Ghost, we're living in a generation that needs the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. We need the fire. And we need to burn. Come on. So we've been building something over the last couple of days. We've been building something over the last couple of days. And what I loved about this is that none of us talked about our messages. None of us talked about our messages. Because last night we watched some fire fall. Let me tell you something right now, church. It's going to fall again by the end of the night. It's going to fall again by the end of the night. For those of you who maybe wasn't here, and maybe some of y'all got some fire last night, but you want some more. Come on. So, so the fire is going to fall again. But I came with a little bit of a message and a little bit of a warning tonight because with the fire come some things. With the fire come some responsibilities. Come on. 
with the fire might come a battle or two. With the fire might come a viper or two. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. With the fire, things can get a little crazy sometimes. But if you've got the fire, you've got something burning on the inside of you that can help you get through any situation or anything that you might face. Amen. So Paul is here on the island of Malta shipwrecked. And he's actually on his way to his death. Paul is shipwrecked. And he is on the way to be martyred. And he knows it, by the way. And this is what, some, what most scholars believe is probably his fourth shipwreck. And he's about to head and stand in front of Caesar and lose his head. So he is literally making a journey towards the day of his martyrdom. And now he is shipwrecked on an island, getting bitten by snakes, surrounded by crazy folk, which I'm fixing to get to in a minute. He is in chains and he is in shackles, but here we find him with an incredible attitude, ready to share the gospel at any given moment. Come on, let me give you a little background on this situation here. So Paul is a prisoner, and he's led by Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment in the Roman army. And he has found favor with this man, and he actually tried to warn them about the shipwreck that was fixing to happen, if you'll flip over to uh, Acts chapter 27. And he's trying to warn them, but these men don't listen. Oh, gosh, y'all ever been there before? You try to warn somebody about something, but they just won't listen. But an angel shows up to Paul while he is asleep in the, at the ship. Come on, somebody. It sounds familiar again, doesn't it? But an angel shows up to Paul and tells him, you're going to get to Rome. You're going to stand before Caesar because it must happen. It's a part of the closeout of your assignment. Amen. So the angel shows up to him and actually tells them that he tells Paul, tell them, don't worry. This will not end in the loss of life. You might lose some cargo, but you won't lose your life. Amen. Come on. And you're going to make it on the other side of this. So the angel shows up and tells him this. He says that use will come from the shipwreck. He tells him use will come, something constructive will come from this shipwreck. Something constructive will come from the destruction. Come on. Something constructive will come from the bad situation. Come on. Something construct. This assignment will not end here, but your assignment will end where God says it is to end. Come on. That is his initial assignment to go before Caesar. And that has to happen, and you will get there. But since the people won't listen to you, we'll just add another assignment on the way. Ain't that that's just awesome how God works, isn't it? All right, Paul, these folks won't listen to you. We'll just add an assignment while you're on the way to the other assignment. Come on. So we'll turn around what the enemy was going to try to destroy you and turn it around on his head for the good. Oh, come on. Don't sleep on me now. Sound like Genesis chapter 50, right? Come on. What the enemy meant to destroy you, I'm actually going to turn it around for your good. Because once I put you on this island, you are so committed and you are so submitted to me that revival is going to break out. Why would revival break out? After a shipwreck happens, after destruction happens, and all kind of craziness and loss is happening. Because there was a man on the island who had some fire. Come on, there was a man on the island who carried something from another dimension. There was a man on the island who had some fire in his belly. Come on. He would walk around. He seen some Christians heading to the temple one day, and they was praising and worshiping God, and they was thanking Jesus. And Paul walks by him and says, oh, y'all know Jesus. Y'all have been saved. And they said, yes, we have. And he said, have you been baptized? And he said, they said, yes, we have. We've been baptized into John's baptism. And he said, he said, oh, you've been baptized in water. Well, I got something else for you, brother. I got something else for your sister. I got some fire that'll turn some things around and take you to another level. Come on, I ain't just talking about some water. Water's good. Water's wet. 
But sometimes you need some fire. Sometimes you need some heat. Sometimes you need a little fire. Come on. So he tells them, he says, I've got something else for you. So we know that Paul at this point, he's carrying the fire. What the enemy meant to destroy him with, Paul turns it around for the good because of the assignment that's on his life. Come on. I came to tell somebody tonight that you need the fire. Come on, I came to tell somebody tonight that you need the fire. Come on, that you need the fire of the Holy Spirit. If you have given God the altar of your heart and he has sent the fire to your life, it doesn't matter what storm that you were in or what shipwreck has happened. No matter what battle that you were in, your assignment must and has to go forth. Y'all okay? I'm building this thing. Y'all okay? I'm building this thing. So let's stay here for just a second because I think it would do us some good in the body of Christ if we would take some notes from our brother Paul and see how he responds to adversity. Come on. I said I think it would do us some good in the body of Christ if we would take some notes on Acts chapter 28 and look at how our brother and apostle Paul responds to adversity, how he responds to the shipwreck, how he responds to the snake bites, how he responds to him being a prisoner. Come on. I think if we would begin to look at some of these things in the right light or maybe for some of us in a new light, we would have a whole new perspective and we would have a whole new shipwreck and a whole new change would come to our thinking whenever the storm and the shipwreck comes. You see, if we look at it in the right perspective, as Paul did, which it's just another part of the assignment, we could get somewhere. Come on, if we would begin to look at the shipwrecks, the storms, the prison cells that we've had to walk in and out of, come on, if we would begin to look at the shipwrecks and all of these things in a new light and in a different light, I think that some things would begin to shift in America. Come on, I believe that some things would begin to shift in the state of Tennessee. Come on, I believe some things would begin to shift in the southeastern region of the United States. Come on, I I'm crazy enough to believe that if there's one region that will say, I I want to see a shift and I want to see a turnaround and I want to engage with the fire of the Holy Ghost and I want to walk in holiness and I want to walk in righteousness and I want to walk in the anointing that God has for my life. I believe that the tide can turn around in our nation. Come on. I'm not one of them doom and gloom preachers. I'm going to tell you right now, God's not done with America and I can prove to you that God's not done with America because there's an, an example in Genesis when he went to Abraham and he said, oh, if there is 50 people, I won't destroy it. Come on. If there's 40 people, y'all sitting down on me. If there's 40 people, I won't destroy it. If there's 30 people, I won't destroy it. If there's 20 people, I won't destroy it. If there's 10 people, I won't destroy it. And I'm crazy enough to believe that in Chevyville, Tennessee, there's more than 10, there's more than 20, there's more than 40, there's more than 50 right here in the room. God ain't done with America. Why? Because you're still here. Y'all sit down. I ain't done. <laughs> Come on. I'm building this thing. I'm building this thing. See, if we did this, we, 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 we would be better. And we might actually walk in the miraculous things that Paul walked in because Paul was just a man like me and like you. We, we might be able to walk in the supernatural and the miraculous if we would respond in the right way when adversity comes our way. Because if you ever get this on the inside of your spirit, you will begin to operate in powerful ministry like Paul did. It didn't matter if Paul was shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, in prison, or a viper hanging from his hand. Paul knew how to shake things off. Touch your neighbor, tell him, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Come on, I'm reminded of another time when Paul was in a room and things just began to shake. Come on, Paul was imprisoned. 
and he was there and he was sitting in a jail cell and him and Silas, the Bible says, they just began to sing hymns and spiritual songs. And there was another shaking that happened in Paul's life because the foundations of the very prison began to shake that he was in because he had a praise on his lips and he invited God into his prison cell. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm going to try it over here. I'm going to try it over here. Come on, Pastor Sean, help a brother out because you said it the other night. See, ministry sometimes can be lonely. Life sometimes can be lonely. Things can get crazy. But if you will have a praise on your lips, come on, if you can praise God while you're depressed, come on, if you can praise God while you got some fear, if you can praise God while there's anxiety happening in your life, if you can praise God in the middle of your shipwreck, come on, if you can praise God in the middle of a prison cell and you'll put a praise on your lips the bible says that god inhabits the praises of his people come on so when you put a praise on your lips you invoke the spirit of the living god into your situation and god can't be kept in a box come on and god can't be kept in a prison cell and god can't be kept in a region come on and god is all about getting out of the box i feel something in here Shoo. Pastor Dwayne, y'all don't got something on me, man. Ah. Everybody say, shake it off. Come on, shake it off. Come on. Not only was he loosened, but was everybody around him loosened. Not to mention an entire man's family who was supposed to be keeping watch over him, winds up getting saved and his entire family gets saved and get baptized. Come on, what would happen? Who would get saved? Who could get healed? What foundations and prisons could begin to shake if we would have a Holy Ghost attitude of just shake it off? Come on. Come on, I'll tell you what would happen. Revival would not just be in a room. Come on. Revival wouldn't be stuck to a location. Come on. Revival would happen in our lives and we would take it up out of the church like Pastor Sean was saying. See, revival's got to start in me and revival's got to start in you. Come on. If it never starts in me and it never starts in you, it can never trickle and overflow to anybody else because we're the people of God. We're the ones who can start the fire. We're the ones who can spark revival. Come on. I ain't even got to my first scripture yet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Told y'all it's Friday night. It's Friday night. Y'all messed up tonight. <laughs> I got 17 pages of notes. Y'all think I'm playing. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. I got to go. I got to go. Whew. Watch this. Pastor Dwayne said this last night. There is no idle word that is within your Bible. There is no idle word that is in your Bible. Come on. So that means he put it there for a reason. Sometimes you just got to seek it. Can I say this, church? God loves him a seeker. Come on, somebody. See, God loves him a seeker. He wants to reveal things in his word to the seeker. He wants to reveal things to the people of God who will seek him in the secret. That way he can reward them in the open. Come on. The keys to the kingdom of God are not for the casual Christian. They are for the seeker. Come on, somebody. But watch this now. The Bible says that the natives showed him unusual kindness. The Bible says that the natives showed Paul and his companions, who were other prisoners and the Roman folk, that they showed them unusual kindness, meaning that this was not normal for them to be starting a fire and having this going, waiting on them to arrive on the beach. The Greek word translated for native is barbariana. <laughs> Did it take you a little while to figure that one out? Barbarian. They, they were barbarians. Come on. 
So in the context of the scripture, we can pick up on something here. Come on. And if you do a little more digging and you do a little more studying on this island of Malta with the natives, they were some wild folks and had even participated in cannibalism. But now they're under Roman rule. Oh, so now they cleaned up a little bit. Come on. The the Romans have civilized them a little bit. But when they showed up on the beach, they were making this fire for them, right? So so they are on their good behavior. Come on. The Romans have tried to sit them down and calm them down and civilize them a bit. But that still doesn't change the fact of who they are up until Paul gets a hold of them here shortly. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ain't it crazy how... Some folks can put on a mask and can put on some makeup and make it look all good in the hood. Come on. But underneath, they got some skeletons going on. Come on. And they hide in the church. That's why Jesus says the wheat and the tares must grow up together. Oh, y'all can't handle that, can you? Y'all can't handle that. Come on. Watch this, though. You see, when you carry the fire like Paul did, the enemy that would have normally ate you is going to have to serve you. Come on. The enemy that normally would have ate your lunch. Come on. The enemy that normally would have took you out. The enemy that normally would have knocked and bucked for some of y'all hood folks in here. Come on. The enemy that would have took you out and roasted you and put you on a fire. When you carry the fire, that enemy has to serve you. Come on. When you show up on a beach and you're carrying a fire from heaven, the enemy sees it coming from afar off from time to time says, I better steward this well because they might cast me out or make me leave. Come on. on. So the enemy that used to would have probably ate you, now is serving you. Oh, we're going to go there for a minute. Come on. Come on. Maybe your marriage has gotten so bad. Maybe your marriage has gotten so bad because God's getting ready to turn it all the way around so that the enemy that you thought was going to take you out, the enemy that you thought was going to take your family, the enemy that you thought was going to destroy you and take everything from you, if you can get some fire on your life tonight, you can go home and your marriage can be sealed back together. Come on, somebody. And now that the marriage might be healed and sealed back together, now you can go back in after other now you can go back in after other marriages and now you can go back in after other folks and the enemy that was about to eat you is now getting ready to serve you y'all ain't saying no thing come on whenever I was wrapped up in addiction that thing was tearing me up baby that thing was eating me alive there was nights I couldn't sleep come on I had destroyed everything in my life my family had fallen apart I had was trying to raise a son and I couldn't be a father because I hadn't met my heavenly father yet my life was destroyed but now the enemy that thought was going to take me out is serving me That's why BTB is open. That's why Miriam House is open. Because the enemy that wanted and thought that it could destroy me now has to serve me. Uh, Come on. What, What has the devil been throwing at you lately? Come on, what's the devil been throwing at you? If they can walk on the altar, I get to. Come on. If the, what is the enemy and what has the devil been throwing at you lately? Because, oh gosh, because I came with a sign tonight. I came to tell somebody that what the enemy meant for evil, God's getting ready to turn it around for your good. And the enemy that was trying to eat you is now going to have to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, addiction thought it had won. Addiction thought it, death thought it had won too. Come on, but Jesus was taking a nap. Jesus was getting some rest on the Sabbath. But how many of you know there was a third day? Come on. 
There's a third. I prophesy right now to you. There is a third day coming to your life. Come on. There's a third day type of healing coming to your life. The cancer and the enemy that you thought was going to take you out. It's going to develop you and set you up with a testimony. There's a third day coming. Touch your neighbor. Tell them there's a third day coming. There's a third day coming. Jesus. Come on, with the enemy that comes against you, God will make serve you if you just get a hold of the fire. Come on, stop getting frustrated with your circumstances and just get closer to the fire. Come on, stop getting frustrated with the storm and get closer to the fire. Stop getting frustrated with the sickness and just get closer to the fire. Come on, stop getting frustrated with your husband and your wife and just get closer to the fire. Come on, stop getting frustrated with what the enemy is trying to throw at you and get closer to the fire and the glory of God because when you get close to the fire and the glory, some will get on you. Just ask Moses. I got to go. I got to go. Come on. Mm. Stop getting frustrated with your circumstances and just get closer to the fire. I'm going to take that liberty, brother. Come on, stop getting frustrated with your circumstances and just get close to the fire. Just get close to the will of God. Just get close to the purpose of God. Come on, let the shipwreck make you gather some sticks. Come on, take the leftover wood from all the things that are falling apart and the rough circumstances. And here it goes, the title of the message, just build a fire. Come on, stop complaining about the sickness. Stop complaining about the rough spots. Stop complaining about the shipwrecks. Stop complaining about the prison sentence. Stop complaining about what people did to you last year and 10 years ago and staying stuck in this whirlwind of self-pity, doubt, and regression and just get close to the fire and get you some sticks from the destruction that has happened and build a fire. Build you a fire. Take the scraps from the disaster. Come on, pick up the pieces from the divorce. Pick up the pieces from the addiction. Come on, pick up the pieces from the chaos. Take the scraps of the disaster and build a fire. Come on, what if the loss of your job was to set you up for the promotion? I said, what if the loss of the job was the setup for a promotion? Come on. What if the marriage got so bad to step, set you up and establish you with a testimony of an overcomer? Come on. What if the sickness opens the door to get you into the ER so that you can share the gospel with a nurse that ain't heard it yet? Oh, nobody wants to hear that one. Don't worry. God will heal you. He'll get you up off the bed. But maybe you got an assignment when you go into the hospital. Come on. What if the person making the accusations and the lies up against you is what God is actually using to establish you that you are changed? Because you didn't go crack their head. Come on, I've been there before. I'm going to tell you right now. He said something about the enemies, man. We're getting to it. We, we, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. Let me tell can I? I'm getting ahead of myself. Help me, Lord. The fire will bring about some snakes and some enemies and some vipers. Oh, I can't go there yet. I can't go there yet. But, but let me tell you something right now. If you're carrying something from another dimension, you better put on your armor. There's some instruction for that because you're in a war, baby. This ain't no cute church. This ain't no cute lifestyle when it comes to Christianity. Jesus says that you think I've come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. There will be mother against daughter and father against son and brother against sister and brother against brother. Come on, because if you really really following God, you're going to have some enemies. Why? Because if they didn't accept him and you are not greater than your master, what makes you think that they're going to accept every little thing about you? Tweet that. (laughs) 
My email is jasperwilson at canvassheveville.com. Send the emails there. I know some of y'all haters is watching. Hi, hater. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, watch this. <laughs> y'all didn't know. Y'all didn't know, did you, Sean? Y'all didn't know. No, but seriously, seriously, watch this. What enemy or opposition do you have out there that God is getting ready to turn around to serve you? Come on. I'll tell you right now, though, that'll never happen unless you know and understand that trials and tribulations have purpose. Come on. It'll never happen unless you carry the fire. Come on. It'll never happen unless you build a fire. Come on, what the enemy tries to destroy you with, God will always turn around and want you to carry the fire in. Y'all okay? Yeah. We got just another hour. We're good. I'm joking. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. <laughs> Come on, build a fire. Come on, build a fire. <laughs> Come on, build a fire. All my church folk, like, he is not lying. <laughs> Ain't going to be no other hour, just 57 minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Come on, I got to get going. I got to get going. I got to get going. Sounds like something out of the Bible, bro, right? My brothers, count it all joy when various trials come, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and let patience have its perfect work in you so that you will be complete, lacking nothing. Some versions say perfect, but what that really means is mature. The fire will make you mature. This ain't even in my notes, but here I go. I said the fire will make you mature. Come on, the fire will help you to grow up. Come on, the storms, the trials, the tribulations, the tough things that you have had to walk through, God makes statements like this. And only God, only Yahweh can make statements like this. Only Jesus, the word, come on, the Logos, the word becoming flesh, can make statements like this, like Romans 8, 28, that I am able to work all things for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. How you gonna make cancer work according to my purpose? How you gonna make the divorce work according to my purpose? How you gonna make the loss of a loved one work according to my purpose? Because he's just good like that. Come on. He can take the trials, the storms, the fires, anything that you are walking through and turn it around and use it for your good. That is the God that you serve. What an amazing God. Come on. I got to go. I got to go. So Paul carries the fire and the anointing of God, and he is able to look at the shipwrecks, prisons, chains, beatings, and his tribulation in the right light because he is just able to shake off the attack of the enemy and the enemies and the circumstances that would normally have taken him out actually begin to serve him. And now we get to the fire. And now we get to the fire. I open up this revival with Leviticus chapter 6. God gives the children of Israel and Moses the instructions in chapter 6 that when the fire comes down on the altar, that it should be burning and that it should never go out. He gives them those instructions in chapter 6. And then in chapter 9, God actually sends the fire. Come on, somebody. So why he told them to steward the fire well and to never let it go out was because he was sending it, but he wasn't trying to send it to again, but that he was trying to get them to steward what was already placed in their hand. Watch this. Then if we turn over to Second Chronicles chapter 7, Solomon builds the temple. That was in the tabernacle. Now God is getting ready to go into the temple. Come on, somebody. Second Chronicles chapter 7, Solomon builds the temple because David has too much blood on his hand. He gives him the blueprint. He builds the building. He builds the temple of God. And once more, God sends the fire, and he gives them the instruction again, let the fire on the altar altar never go out. So we've got the tabernacle number one. We've got the temple number two. Then if we turn over to Matthew chapter three, 
if we turn over to Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist is out in the wilderness and he's preaching some fiery messages. Come on. He's preaching like a wild man in the wilderness. Come on. He didn't look like the church folk of the day. Come on. He had dreadlocks past his butt. Come on, somebody. He had camel's hair for clothes. Come on, somebody. He didn't have on all the priestly garments. But Jesus said, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Meaning that John the Baptist had a bunch of crowds. Come on. The people were going to John the Baptist because he had something different. Come on. He had a fire on the inside of him. And John the Baptist makes a statement and he says, the one who is coming after me is greater than I and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. fire. Number three. Pastor Dwayne, didn't you break it down for us last night about how God is a three-dimensional being? I tell my church, and we teach this all the time, God is a three-dimensional being. He is one, but he is three. The greatest example we can get in the physical of this, I think, is an egg. You have an egg, but it has a shell. It has the white and it has the yolk, but it is what we don't break all that down. I ain't got time for that. Come on. It's just an egg. Come on. But the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost. And we have a we are spiritual beings. We are spirit. Come on. And God gave us a soul, which is our mind, our will and our emotions. And then he placed us in a body. So when John makes this statement and then Jesus, you flip over to Acts chapter one, Jesus makes this statement. and He said, not many days from now, I'm fixing to baptize y'all with the Holy Ghost and fire, just like John prophesied of. So now we've got the tabernacle fire. Oh, I'm breaking it down real good. We got the tabernacle, taber, tabernacle fire. We've got the, that was a lot, Lord help me. We got the tabernacle fire. We got the temple fire. And then this crazy thing happens in Acts chapter 2. Where the fire of the Holy Ghost falls on mankind. And now when we get born again too, the Bible teaches us that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So here we have this has happened three times now. Am I breaking it down for you real good? So we have had this happen three times now. He said, I'll baptize you with water. Or said, I, he said, I'll baptize you with water, but one who is coming after me is greater. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And now our bodies have become that temple to carry the fire. Come on. So I want to ask you a question tonight, church. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. I want to ask you a question tonight, church. What, there was a trend that happened in all of those scenarios. There was a trend taking place. And every scenario, it's another source that starts the fire, but it's up to the individuals to build the fire. Come on, it's up to the people to tend to the flame. Even in our text, it's a beautiful picture of what I'm preaching and teaching tonight. You see, the Bible said that the natives started the fire, but then we find Paul gathering the bundle of sticks. Come on, I came to tell somebody on this last night of revival that you need the fire. Come on, hey, it's about it's about to get sin again tonight as we close out this revival, but it's going to be up to you whether you walk out of this building tonight and whether you tend to the flame and whether you build your own fire or if your fire goes out. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. He told the priest in the tabernacles, I'll send the fire, but it's going to be up to you whether the flame stays. Come on. Whether the flame stays burning. When he dropped it in the temple for Solomon, he said, it's going to be, I'm sending it, but it's going to be up to y'all whether the fire keeps burning or whether the fire goes out. John the Baptist told you where the fire was and where it was coming from. Jesus in Acts chapter 1, he tells you, don't go anywhere. Don't leave without it. You've got the gun, but you got no ammo. Come on. You're going to need the fire and you're going to need the Holy Ghost to walk this thing out. I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. I said at opening up Wednesday night, the fire, as powerful as it is, the fire needs fuel. 
Come on, the, the fire as powerful as it is, the fire needs fuel. It needs to consume something. The fire of God needs and is looking for a sacrifice. And Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, my brothers, I beseech you. Paul is saying, I'm begging you that you would make your life a living sacrifice. And when you make your life a living sacrifice, the fire is getting ready to fall. Come on. Jesus. Watch this. Did y'all notice what brought out the snake? (laughs) Come on, I said, did y'all notice what brought out the snake? It was the fire. Come on. It was the heat. Help your pastor out real quick. Come on. It was the fire. It was the heat. I told you a second ago that fire needs fuel. Come on. And if you're going to be a living sacrifice, and if Paul wrote that letter to the Romans, and now he's heading to the Roman city. Come on. He is heading to Rome. And he writes this to the Romans, and he is saying, you're going to need to be a living sacrifice, but you are going to need the fire. And for the fire, you've got to have the fuel. For the fire, you've got to have. So here, here we have we have Paul. He's gathering the bundle. I love this about Paul because you understand this. Paul is a prisoner. Paul is shipwrecked. Paul is in a bad situation. But Paul says, I got to have a fire. Come on. There's a fire that's been made for me, but I want to add something to it. Come on. Paul lived a lifestyle that said, I'll add fuel to the fire. Come on. I will add a prayer life to my fire. Come on. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. I will add sacrifice to my fire. Y'all, I'll add church attendance to my fire. Come on, somebody. I'll add tithing and giving and offerings to the kingdom of God. Oh, let me take it back out. Y'all don't give me enough. Come on. I will, I will, I will add service to the fire. Come on. I will take part and kingdom operation in the fire. And I will add it to the, I will add that fuel to the fire. Come on. I will operate and share the gospel and it would be like fuel for my fire. Because when I see somebody get saved, it's like jet fuel for the fire. Come on. And I will, I will participate and I will add fuel to the fire. But watch this. When the fire come, hey, it's just a rope. I couldn't find a fake snake. I couldn't find a real one. (laughs) It's a rope. (laughs) Looked real for a second, didn't it? Gotcha. Ha. (laughs) The heat. Come on. Come on. Take it out. Take it out. All right, all right, all right. Let me get back to preaching. Holy Ghost, make me anointed again. I'm laughing. <laughs> Come on, he said. The heat. Come on, stay with me. The heat is what brings out the snake. It's the fire that brings out the snake. I said, it's the fire that brings out the snake. Oh, y'all ain't going to respond to my altar call no more. I said, it's the fire that brings out the snake. When the Bible says that the snake fastened onto his hand, the Greek word there is kathapto. And what kathapto means is that it fastened onto his hand, but it not only fastened onto his hand, but it released poison into him. Y'all heard what I said earlier. When you carry the fire, you better carry some thick skin as well because you're fixing to bring about some enemies and come. they will come up and they'll come up out of the woodwork. No, <laughs> They will come up out of the woodwork on you. 
I thought I had enemies in the streets, and trust me, I did. But after I got saved, it's like I don't even, it's, it's gotten crazy. But why? Because of the fire. Because I'm carrying something where when I walk into a room, and I'm not telling you that I'm perfect, but when I walk into the room, and when you have holiness and righteousness on your life, and you're a, a shining bright, and there's darkness that is in the room, people do not like getting exposed. So the fire and the heat brings out the snake. The snake latches onto his hand, kathapto, and releases poison. The snake releases poison. So let me give you a quick warning about this too. When the snake bites you, it will release poison. But if you've got a fire on the inside of you, the fire can burn the poison out. Come on, because it'll be real easy to let the poison of bitterness get in you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on, it can be real easy for the bitterness and the resentment and the unforgiveness to get in you when you get bit by somebody and you get back bit by somebody and you you get stabbed in the back by somebody. But can I tell you this evening on a Friday night in Shelbyville, Tennessee, Jesus paid a high enough price that you don't have to be offended and you don't have to let the poison stick in you and you can overcome this thing and it will establish you with a testimony of overcoming and that you look like Jesus and that you love like Jesus and that you forgive like Jesus and that you can walk in grace, compassion and mercy like Jesus. Even when the snakes bite. The fire removes the poison from Paul. And watch this. It's not him surviving the snake bite that establishes him with the testimony. It's him surviving the poison from the snake bite that establishes... That establishes him with the testimony. Them folks get to talking and they say, oh, he ain't got away. Come on. The sea was about to get him. He must be a murderer. He must be a sinful man. God's fit to give him what is he rightfully deserves, right? But then when they see that the poison didn't get in his heart, come on. When the Bible says then it didn't, when he didn't swell up, come on. When he didn't get bitter, come on. When he didn't get mad, when he didn't get upset and he was able to keep loving come on he was able to keep moving I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me when we're able to do those things it's the fire of God that sustains that so it's the fire of God that can remove the poison and it's him surviving the poisonous bite that sets him up for favor it's the him surviving the poisonous bite that sets him up for favor. Oh, don't get me talking about favor. I don't got time. Oh, gosh. It sets him up for favor. And now he's able to stand in front of Publius. Publius is actually a Roman delegate on the island of Malta. So he finds favor with the government officials because the natives get to talking about him this way. And let me just say this too. Ain't that just like some church folks sometimes though? He got bit. He got with Mary Jo Blow. She, she must be in sin and out of the will of God. She been getting bit up. Martha must be out of the will of God. Billy Joe. No, no pun. No pun intended. Billy must be out of the will of God. All hell's broke loose in his life. But can I tell you, some people walking through some things because they got the fire. Come on. Some people walking through some things because they got the fire. Now he gets to favor. Now he's standing in front of Publius. Publius? Publius? He's standing in front of Publius, who is in charge of the island. And Publius needs a breakthrough, too. His father's laying there dying of dysentery and fever. You get a fever back then, a lot of folks didn't make it. 
See, people think that what Jesus did when he healed Peter's mother of that fever was a small thing. It wasn't no small thing in them days. <laughs> so he gets, favor is given to him. Favor is given to him, and watch this. Because of his response to the shipwrecks, because of his response to him being a prisoner, because of his response to the poison, because of his response to the snake bite, it sets him up for favor, and now favor has placed him in front of people that he normally would never have been in front of. Can I just say that about favor real quick? Favor is not when you get to talking about you to other people. Favor is when God gets to talking to other people about you. So watch this. He goes in front of him and now he gets to heal his father. And now all the people of the island are bringing the sick to Paul. All the people of the island are bringing the sick to Paul and everybody is getting healed. Come on, somebody. Everybody is getting healed. And guess what? Because of the fire, because there was a man willing to go grab some sticks with a fire that was already available to him, there was a fire that was started, and now a nationwide revival on this little island of Malta breaks loose. Come on. Tennessee is a little island, but revival can break out in Tennessee. Revival can break out. America's a small piece of land compared to the rest of the world, but revival can break out if God will find some people that want to build a fire. Come on. Come on, God is looking for some people tonight that want to build a fire. Stand with me on your feet. God is looking for some people tonight that say, I'm willing to build a fire. God is looking for some people tonight. Come on, worship team. God is looking for some people tonight that say, God, I don't care what I'm going through. I want to build a fire. God, if you'll send some fire tonight, I'll tend it. God, if you'll send some fire tonight, I'll put some wood on it. God, if you'll send some fire tonight, I'll put some fuel on it. In Leviticus 6, the fire needs to be on the altar, and it shall never go out. I broke it down a second ago that if we, as the people of God, are now the temple of God, there has to be an area in our life that is the altar. And can I let you in on it real quick, my friends? It's your heart. It is your heart. Can I tell you, my friends, God is looking for your heart. Come on, God is looking for your heart. God ain't looking for a piece of you. God needs every inch of you. But your heart will lead you places. You know, in the Hebrew, really, your heart is your spirit. God wants your spirit. Because if your spirit can never get right and you can renew your mind, I ain't got time for that tonight. But if you can get born again by your spirit and renew your mind, God can have everything of you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvascheveville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.